So today, I'm actually unpacking a word that if you happen to have been on the prayer call, I think it was Thursday, um, while the others were praying, God began downloading a word to me, and I just wrote it real quickly in my journal, and then I prayed it, and I got off the call, and the Lord said, that's the outline for your message on Sunday. And I went, oh, good. How cool is that? <laughs> um, but I'm titling it Preparing to Go Beyond Through the Door of Promise. See, God is wanting us to go beyond where we've been, not restricted, but it's a door of promise. With this being the year of the door, there is a double door opening of the promises of God, the prophetic word of the Lord. Revelation 4.1 in the New American Standard says, After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I had heard, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me, said, Come up here. And I will show you what must take place after these things. Now, we know this word was given to John the Revelator, but the deal is that principle stays true today. We cannot see beyond if we don't come up higher in the Spirit. If you are bound to where you've always been and you're looking down here in an earth realm and you're only looking for information, information will block your revelation. If you, have so, if you have your mind so cluttered with information, it will block you from receiving the revelation that you need. Now, I know we all need some information, but your information needs to come in light of the revelation you're walking in. Does that make sense? So we've got to find a way in the Spirit, by the grace of God, to come up higher. Let go of the restraints. The Passion Translation reads, Then suddenly, after I wrote down these messages, I saw a portal open into the heavenly realm. Who wants to go through an open portal? You want to see more. You want to hear more. And the same trumpet voice I heard speaking with me at the beginning said, Ascend into this realm. I want to reveal to you what must happen after this. How many of you know we need to know what's coming? We need to know. We, I mean, we hear all of these words, right, about the shaking. We, we feel it. We feel the pressures in our culture. And none of us really know what's coming, but we know something's up. Because everything is, like, pregnant with pressure. And we need to know, and God won't always reveal everything that's coming, but he reveals enough of how we're to move so that we move by faith, not by fear. We move by revelation, not just information. Because if you're moving just by information right now, you could be darting here, there, and yonder and doing all kinds of fear-motivated actions. But when you hear from God and you move in revelation, it can make absolutely no logical sense and it'll bring you a breakthrough. So you've got to move by revelation. What has God said? What is God saying to you? This can be applied even in just your natural everyday life. An opportunity comes along. Anybody get opportunities, business opportunities, relationship opportunities, all kinds of things. Those things come along. You don't just move. You look for revelation. You ask God, what are you saying? And when God says do something, then you step into it. And the grace of God is there for you to keep moving. So we've got to press in to come up higher. So let me ask this question. How do you come up higher? Worship. Set your eyes above. Worship. Get yourself so that you're disentangled from what holds you down. Anybody ever have things that hold you down, weight you down, 
make you feel like I'm just, you know, going under the table. I mean, it happens. But we get into a place of worship, and you worship your way through what is going on. Here was the challenge the Lord gave me the other day when I was on the call and listening to the other prayers, and Holy Spirit breaks in. He said the level of revelation that kept you moving in the last season will never be sufficient to take you into all that I have purposed for you in the days ahead. You must press in for greater revelation. There was no rebuke about the revelation we have had. It was, it got you this far. But what you have had will not take you where I need you to go. So, we need to have more revelation. So first of all, I want us to take a look at it. What is revelation? The Greek word is apocalypsis. It's an uncovering. Say, God, I want you to uncover some things for me. If you've got some things in your life you want uncovered, what are, where are the mysteries you need uncovered? It's an uncovering. It's a laying bare. It's making naked. It's a disclosure of truth. We can pray that over our nation. Apocalypsis over our nation. Uncover the truth. Uncover. Uncover fresh instruction. When you don't know how to go, where to go or how to move, you need fresh revelation to know how to move forward. And it can be God revealing divine things before that have been unknown. And the root is apocalypto. In Ephesians 1.17, it says, Pray that the Lord of our, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him. See, if you simply operate on wisdom, which is growing from what you have done and known in the past, see, revelation, once it's worked into you, turns into wisdom for the future. I'm grateful for wisdom. How about you? But here's what wisdom does. If you simply operate in wisdom based on what you've done in the past, you become stuck. You can become rigid. You can become, well, this is the wise thing to do. And you are total, can be devoid of revelation that keeps you moving because you're stuck in wisdom. See, we've got to have this balance of wisdom and revelation. So that we can move forward. I can remember probably 15 plus years ago, Dutch Sheet taught, one of the first times he ever taught it was a message on warring with wisdom and revelation. See, that's how we war. We have to have the wisdom, but we've got to have fresh revelation and not just keep moving in what's in the past. In the Hebraic language, the word is gala. It's to reveal can be to advertise, to appear, to disclose, to discover, to open, to open plainly, to publish, to show, to tell, to, un there's that word again, uncover, to bring over, carry away, or reveal. We need God to reveal some things. One of the keys to having God reveal things is admit you don't know something. As long as you are moving around like you know everything and you don't admit that you don't know what you don't know and acting like you do know everything, you're not going to get revelation if you're operating and knowing it all. Daniel 2.19 uses this word and it says, Then the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. When you receive revelation, be sure you bless God. You take time to thank him for the revelation. Take time to humble yourself so that you receive. And then when God speaks, then give thanks and bless him for doing it. Proverbs 29, 18 is very sobering. In the New American Standard, it says, Where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. Does that sound like our nation right now? Totally unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. 
in the Passion Translation, it says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, where there is no revelation, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss follows your soul. I read these verses and I think no wonder so much of the church has wandered. So much has gone unrestrained. Where all kinds of evil is being propagated and preached from pulpits across our nation. It's because they don't have a real revelation of the word of God or revelation by the spirit of God. Because if you have revelation of who God really is, you don't do that crazy stuff. You just won't. If you have a revelation of what the word of God really teaches, that he is holy and he says, be holy even as I am holy. And that's not just words to fill a page. It's his command over us. And if he says for us to do it, guess what? There's grace. There's grace to be holy if he says be holy if I'm holy, as I'm holy. So what do we have to go beyond? We have to go beyond the religious traditions, the boundaries of the religious traditions of man. Things that have told you you can't, you shouldn't, that's not for today. Come on. Religious traditions of man that put you in a box and say, you can't do that. Well, I look at it and go, well, the word of God says I can. But don't let the religious traditions of man hold you captive and hold you in bondage to what was. Break out and move and go beyond. And this links to, you've got to go beyond the limitations of the past. Now, that can be the limitations of the past of our nation, but I want you to take a minute and the limitations of your own past. See, we all have a past. There's no shame in having a past. The shame in having a past is if you stay stuck in it. I mean, we've all... Anybody else in here done crazy? Everybody's done crazy. You've said things you didn't want to say. You've gone places you really shouldn't have gone. You've acted in ways you really shouldn't have acted. But the blood of Jesus is more than enough. So don't live in the bondage of your past, the limitation of your past. Because here's what the devil will constantly do to you. He will come, sit on your little shoulder, and say, Who do you think you are? Don't you remember? And you go, yeah, I do. Thank you for telling me again because it gives me a reason to praise God. Because I'm forgiven and that has nothing. So torture the devil when he does that to you. Do not allow him to hold you captive to the limitations of your past. And I'm going to say this. Don't even let the enemy hold you captive to the limitations of your lack. Your lack of education. Your lack of finances, your lack of affirmation that you've had in the past, whatever that lack is that comes to you out of your past, do not let the devil have victory over that. I mean, if you go with limitations of education or money or any kind of thing, and God's going, wait a minute, am I limited by that? Don't let him do it. Also, don't let him limit you by your high degrees and your abundance of money and whatever else your past has been that's been successful. Don't let the enemy limit you by that either. Because see, the thing is, we can get so puffed up in what we have done and the success we have had and the degrees we've had and the money we've had and the Put in, fill in your blank. It can become such a big burden on you, you can't go through the door of humility. See, whatever it is that's holding you back, offload it. You're in a time to offload it. Go beyond what you have known or experienced. Be grateful for what you've experienced. 
or repent of what you've experienced if you need to. Forgive people if you need to. See, we've got good, bad, and ugly in our lives, right? And so look at your past, but don't be limited by your past. Don't be limited by what you have known. Don't limit God based on how you've known him to act in the past. Because he may just surprise you. He may uncover another level of himself that puts you in absolute awe and wonder. He may suddenly supernaturally heal somebody and you've been praying for the sick day after day and week after week and years and years and years and none of them got healed and all of a sudden you lay hands on somebody and they get supernaturally healed. Don't limit God because he didn't yesterday, he may today. You know, don't, don't be limited by what you have. Let the word of God guide you. If God has done it before, he can do it again. But as you're going beyond, it has to be within the boundaries of Scripture. And I'm going to land here for just a minute because there's a whole lot of spiritual, so-called prophetic stuff out there that goes beyond the boundaries of the word of God. And see, we have to so know the word that when we begin to hear and see and read and all this stuff on the prophetic, because do you know we have more access to prophetic swirl because of media than we have ever had? And that can be a good thing, but it can also be a really bad thing. If you don't have a good, solid foundation of the Word of God to know who God is and how God operates according to the Word of God, you can get taken off into another vein of the Spirit. There's a lot of stuff right, out, right now that's out there parading as prophetic that's actually New Age. Do not be deceived. So don't go beyond the boundaries of Scripture. Make sure that prophetic encounters, prophetic words, prophetic experiences, revelatory experiences line up with the Word of God. If it doesn't, toss it and ask the Lord to forgive you. Because God has boundaries and they're good. And then operate... And go beyond while staying within the boundaries of God's set parameters for you. Know your lane. And actually, for most of us, your lane is bigger than you think. But the deal is, sometimes we want somebody else's lane. You've got a big lane. But you're like, oh, I want to be Nathaniel. I want to get in Nathaniel's lane. Well, you go try to be Nathaniel. <laughs> Number one, you probably don't have the talent to be Nathaniel. <laughs> I'll just say that. But even if you do, if it's not God's assignment for you, it will be disastrous. So stay fine. Ask the Lord to define your boundaries. And here's the deal. And this is one of the wonderful things about our God is if you will occupy the boundaries he set for you, then he takes you into Isaiah 54 when you've been faithful and he says, stretch out your tent pegs. But until you stay in your boundaries, he will never stay, say to you, stretch out your tent pegs. So if you want your tent pegs stretched, be faithful and occupy the boundaries that he's given you and do it with joy. Don't, don't do it with this longing to be over there. Occupy and enjoy where you are. Because I'll tell you, when he tells you to stretch out your tent pegs, really? You're going to go, really? Because it will always stretch you. It'll stretch your faith. It will cause you to have to expand in your knowledge of God and in your surrender. To go beyond requires humility. So let's go beyond into greater revelation of who 
the Lord is in all his fullness. See, I believe this is the first key, is that we have to go into greater revelation of who God is. See, if you've got the same revelation of who God is today that you had a year ago, you're missing out. One of the reasons that the angels around the throne room of around the throne say, holy, 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 holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Holy, holy, holy. They are not just repeating a phrase to repeat a phrase. It's every time they look, they see something new. Something that astounds them. And they go, holy. You're altogether even different than what I saw yesterday. You're altogether different than what I saw five minutes ago. You're altogether more. Always more. So press in to get a fresh revelation day by day, morning by morning. His mercies are new, right? Well, get a grip. Take a look. Because see... If we're in a time of shaking and the enemy is raging all around us, which he clearly is, right? You can get so taken with the swirl of the enemy and he can look big until you get a fresh revelation of how awesome and how great and how magnanimous, and how powerful, and how splendid, and how glorious our God is. When you see him, and you, the veil gets pulled back again and again for you to see more and more of who he is. And all of a sudden, the devil looks like a little imp. And see, it'll keep you from getting brought into a place of despair. See, we've all been through things when the enemy was trying to shout at us, throw us under the bus, tell us this problem is too deep, it's too big, there's no hope, you can't get out of it. You know how to get through those battles? Get yourself into a place where you see who God really is. Keep pressing in for a greater revelation of who God is in all of his fullness. I just wonder what would happen if all of a sudden our eyes were fully opened to see what God's doing, to see what he's really doing. See, some of what we're seeing that looks like defeat right now, he's allowing Pharaoh to be hardened. And we can't get frustrated in the hardening of the heart. See, if we get frustrated with the hardening of Pharaoh's heart, we will end up trying to operate like Pharaoh with the arm of the flesh to come overcome. And God's saying, no, 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 no. Look at me. Pay attention to what I'm doing. Understand that I am the King of kings and the Lord of lords. There is no other one like me. No other one. Doesn't matter what you're seeing here. Keep your eyes focused on who he is. Secondly, we have to go into a greater revelation of the kingdom and of how it operates. See, most of us were raised with a church mentality. And I don't know about you, but when I started discovering the kingdom, I would ask people, can you help me understand the kingdom? Oh, it's the church. No, 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 no. Kingdom is not church. Church is in the kingdom, but they are not equal. What does it mean to be a kingdom? A kingdom presupposes a king, and a king is sovereign. And we have the greatest king ever possible. He's filled with, he's magnanimous, he's wise, he's pure, he's true. He cares for people and he rules over his enemies. And he has never, ever been defeated. And we have to understand how the kingdom operates. The kingdom does not operate by a democratic vote. Our nation 
operates by voting. The kingdom of God doesn't. See, we have to understand that when the king speaks, that is the bottom line law. And we have the choice to agree with him or to not. If you don't agree with him, then guess what? You suffer the consequences for not agreeing. And it's not that he reaches out his sword and smites you. It's just you move out of the blessings of God. Deuteronomy 28, blessings, curses, obedience, disobedience. It's really pretty plain and clear. But this is the way of the kingdom. And there's an order in the kingdom. God releases people with order. And see, order is not to constrain you. Actually, divine order by the kingdom empowers you and releases you to go beyond. When you operate in an alignment with the kingdom of God, then there is an empowering that comes to you that enables you to be more than you could be when you're out of joint. Because being out of alignment can be equated to being out of joint. Uh, by the way, on Tuesday nights, what we're doing right now for the next probably four, six weeks, four to six weeks, maybe longer, is we're talking and I'm teaching on aligned for conquest. Because we need to understand alignment in this time and season so that we can together, aligned with the head, and aligned with each other, move forward and advance. So we've got to come into a greater revelation of the kingdom. Then we have to come into a greater revelation of the ecclesia and how it is to function. I have been asked to write a chapter in a book of some, for a friend of mine on ecclesia, language or function. Because we use a lot of language. Everybody, everybody is now using the word ecclesia. And it is the right biblical word. But a lot of times what we're doing is we're using the new word with the old definition. And they're not the same. See, ecclesia is a legislative governmental body to bring the kingdom of heaven into the earth realm. Now, that doesn't mean we have our own, we decide what the ecclesia is going to do. We listen for the king because it's like we're an embassy of heaven. That's one of the best ways to describe it. Our nation sends embassies into other nations. That building, that embassy is property of the United States of America. Doesn't matter where it is in the world. It belongs to the United States of America. The ambassador and the staff that is there, their assignment is to do the mandates that are coming out of the government. Right? We, as an ecclesia, are an embassy of heaven. We are sent here to bring the kingdom of God, the rule of the king into the earth realm by our declarations and our decrees, by our discipling of nations. We're sent here to disciple. That was the original understanding of the word ecclesia. It was actually even the original understanding of the word apostle. It could be in, I think it was in the Greek culture, like the um, admiral on a ship that went into a new territory and he led the ecclesia. Okay, that's who we are. We're bringing government rule of heaven into the earth. Now within that, we also know through scripture that the gathering of the saints of God is also a family. We are also an army. We're also a body. But all of those things function together so ecclesia can release the judgments of God. We pray better together as family. But we legislate as ecclesia. 
We care for each other as family. But when we come to do Ecclesia Kingdom business, we're operating in government, which means when you walk through the door for an Ecclesia gathering, you lay your hurts, your wounds, and all that stuff at the door, and you say, I'm reporting for duty. And then you say, I can come and get some help for the rest of it another time, but I'm not disrupting the Ecclesia gathering because I feel bad. And some days you just have to suck it up, buttercup. I mean, you just do. You got to get up and you got to move. And you got to know what your place is. Because if you're out of place and you're trying to advance against the enemy and you're not at your post doing what you're supposed to do, what happens to the rest of the body? You put the whole place in vulnerability. That's why alignment is so important and that we know what our assignment is so that the ecclesia can function. And here, I really believe, it's a strong conviction of my heart, that when ecclesia fully moves into being who we're supposed to be, to legislate, to govern, we will so shift the atmosphere over a region that evangelism will be an easy thing. Because, see, people are blinded by the God of this age, and we're trying to go get them out of the darkness, and they're blinded as a bat. And, we're, and God's saying, would you deal with this clutter? And then you're going to begin to see some evangelists that don't even know they're evangelists all of a sudden going harvesting in the fields. But we got to do our ecclesia job, and then we have to occupy it we got to take territory. This is what an ecclesia would do. They would go in and they would take. But then their job was to go in and establish culture. Because if they went into a new territory and they didn't change the culture of the people, guess where the people would want to go back to? They want to go right back where they were. So if they had just been liberated out of paganism, let's just follow this for a minute, and you don't change the culture... What they're going to want to do is go right back into paganism. You change culture, they have no desire to go back because the culture of the kingdom is love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. And so who doesn't want that, right? Who doesn't want to live in the joy of community? Who doesn't want to live with overwhelming peace that is beyond our comprehension? Who doesn't want to live in a place that's filled with the blessings of God. You see, when the kingdom of God comes and we begin moving in the kingdom of God and moving as the ecclesia to bring breakthrough, then you are going to prosper in all of your ways because we serve a God who is a prospering God. And we got to understand that prospering isn't just about money, but it doesn't negate money. Don't be religious on me. It takes money to do ministry. I saw somebody the other day post something about, you'll never see in the Bible that they, tithing was ever connected to money. I'm like, that's because they harvested their wheat. And they did, they had their sheep and they had their, I mean, come on, that was their commodity. I mean, don't get religious on me. Next, we have to move into greater revelation of God's purposes. In other words, his original intent. Discover God's original intent for you. You will never come into the fullness of your identity until you discover who it is God made you to be. Now, life, circumstances, growing up can do all kinds of things to our perspective of who we are. Right? But when you get through that and you allow God to take you into Psalm 139 and he says, I wrote about you. I wrote a book about you and it's good 
then all of a sudden you begin to go, oh, well, this, this, and this that I thought about myself, it doesn't line up with what God said. So I'm repenting and letting go of this, and I'm going to lay hold of who God says I am. And the more you lay hold of who God says you are, the more you lay hold and believe what he says, that you are the head and not the tail, that you are a blessing and not a curse, that you are created for good works before the foundations of the earth, that you are his beloved and he is yours. When you begin to believe that, then all of a sudden, all of these other belief systems that have pressed in against you because of parents, because of siblings, because of teachers, because of experiences, because of all this stuff, all of a sudden you break out of that and you go, wow, God really did create me for his pleasure. Can you just say that over yourself? I am created for the pleasure of God. I think if you just said that every day, it'll change the way you think about yourself. Because see, if you realize that you're for his pleasure, what happens in that, you stop striving. And then all of a sudden, you become a pleasure to other people. Because you know that striving is what keeps most of us from being a pleasure to other people. Because we're trying to make something happen. See, you need to know God created you with a desire, a built-in, not just a desire, a need for affection. It's okay. You need affection. God made us that way. He made you to need affirmation. We need people around us that affirm who we are. That doesn't mean they, they just ignore when we need correction, but they affirm who we are. And even in correcting, it's to affirm who you really are. Because if you'll get rid of this stuff, then you can really move into it and be even gr more greatly affirmed. So affection, affirmation, and acceptance. And see, the Word of God says that we are accepted in the Beloved. See, when you know you're accepted in Him, you will find your acceptance in other people. And I believe that's part of what is absolutely necessary for us to move into functioning as ecclesia, is to find that we are a people that in Christ... We have affection, we are accepted, and we have affirmation. Then we will be free to give it to one another. And as we do that, we'll be able to release that out into the culture and into the world that doesn't know Christ. Because what most people need more than anything else is acceptance, affirmation, and affection. What if? People that are looking for love in all the wrong places found affection, affirmation, and acceptance from us. Hearts would be open. So we need a greater revelation of God's original intent, of his purposes. For us personally, we need a greater revelation of his intention for CityGate Atlanta. We need a greater revelation of his intention for the, this United States of America. Because if we know what God's intention is, if we know what his purpose is, our faith decrees, our prayers, our actions, how we live, how we move, how we do everything, we'll be constantly going, am I aligning with what God says? What he wants, how he wants us to move forward. Then we also have to have a greater revelation of God-ordained alignments and associations. God has a place for all of us to be aligned in the body. Your physical body has a place for your knee. If your knee is connected up here, it's in the wrong place. Right? I know that sounds kind of silly, but sometimes in the body of Christ, we try to be connected where we don't belong. And we resist where we actually do. But when you find that, I can remember a day years and years ago when I was in, a, in another ministry and 
I was serving somewhere else, and I kept feeling like I didn't fit. It was like I just didn't fit. And then one day, because I kept surrendering and I kept asking the Lord to deal with my heart of perceived rejection. That's a very important word. And as I did that and just came into a surrender and allowed the healing to come, the Lord said to me, today I'm giving you your divine fit. And I heard, and it's like I came into place and into an alignment. And then what I was attempting to do out of obedience all of a sudden worked. But see, when you're out of alignment, the life flow doesn't flow as well. So God is wanting us to have a greater revelation of alignment and association. So why did I put associations in there? Well, primarily because God said so. But I want to understand the, the difference between alignments and associations. Alignment is where you're really connected. Associations can be all over all kinds of places. And there are good associations. But then there can be associations, friends, people, organizations, that try to pull, either strengthen your alignment or are pulling you away from God's purposes. So I believe we need a greater revelation of what was in the past is that something we still stay connected to or is it something we move on from? And that can happen with alignments and associations. Where do you connect? How do you connect? Um, and these are things that you're just going to have to ask the Lord for. I mean, you're going to have to just get before the Lord and say, what revelation do I have? How do I need to move with you in this? And it may be you're aligned right, your associations are right, strengthen them. It may not be a move. It may be a strengthen. But we've got to be willing to hear it both ways so that he can speak. And then a greater revelation into kingdom assignments, both locally and beyond. See, one of the things I know about us in this house is people are here, but people are all, we have a lot of leaders in this house that are involved in ministries way out beyond here. That's a part of the strength of what we have here. And so we have to know, what, what, God, what are you saying about my assignments for this next season? Because just because it was where you were, what you were assigned to do in the last season doesn't necessarily mean that's what you're assigned to do in the next season. Consider this. Callings are eternal. Assignments change. A number, I'll use Beverly. Beverly, when she came to us, she had been a pastor of intercession at, a number, at another church for years, five years. And I knew her in that role, and then God moved her to us. And the thing I said to her, and this is kind of a principle with me, is I want you to come and be, to be known and to know for six months. You're not going to simply move from what you have been into doing exactly the same thing here. That ended up being an incredible, liberating, healing season for her. And then she began leading our prayer ministry, intercession. And then God said, told her, lay it down. Her assignment changed. Her letting that down and letting that assignment down, even though she still intercedes, she knows our prophetic words better than anybody in this house. I'm just going to tell you. And she prays them. But it freed her up to go and help in production because she's an IT person. But do you know the other thing that we're now getting the benefit of? Is it has birthed her into her preaching. With a greater clarity and a stronger anointing. But see, she had to let go of an old assignment in order to lay hold of the new. So part of what we need in this season is to ask God, what are the assignments that I've been moving in? And they've been good. That you're asking me to move on from into something else or to press into. 
What is it? Only God can tell you this. But it's a time for us to inspect so that the kingdom assignments that we're moving in in the days ahead have the grace of God. Because anything he tells you to do, there's mega grace for you to do it. But if he hadn't told you to do it, or you're persisting in doing something that was last season, instead of moving into this season, you will have to work and work and strive, and you will be absolutely worn out. But when you're moving in the assignment of the Lord, there's great grace, mega grace. And then finally, moving into greater revelation of the positions of service and leadership that he has for you. This is connected to assignments, but we need to be specific with the Lord. This is how he laid it out for me. We need to ask him, where am I supposed to be serving? How am I supposed to be moving in this next season? And then he's going to tell you. Because I believe if we will all find our alignment, our association, our assignments, and our place of service and leadership, the ecclesia will function more fully as who we are, then the kingdom will be advanced, and the world will see a greater revelation of who God is. Isn't that what we're here for? So would you stand with me? I just want to release this over you that you're coming in to greater revelation so that you can go beyond where you've been in the past. Go through the double open door and move in to the greatness that he has for you. And we will together. So, Father, I thank you that you have us positioned to go through the double doors. And I release over your people today a mega grace to press into you to see you for who you really are. That the eyes of our understanding would be opened by the blood of Jesus. That day by day, morning by morning, night by night, in our rising up and our lying down, we would see you in ever-increasing measures of the greatness of who you are. The fullness of your love, your mercy, your kindness, your holiness, your splendor, your glory. Lord, I decree over your people, they're moving in to greater revelation. And then, Father, that there would be an unlocking of the kingdom of God, that everyone in this place would come into that greater revelation of your kingdom and how your kingdom operates. God, that we would learn by the Spirit of God to recognize what is of the kingdom and what is not. What is the kingdom of our God and what is the kingdom of darkness? And we would rightly discern what's pressing in on us and how we are responding. God, that the revelation of the kingdom would go into greater and greater measures for all of us. And Lord, for an understanding of your ecclesia, unlock ecclesia understanding for all of us. Lord, that we would see how you intend to move. That what Jesus meant when he said, upon this rock of revelation, see that rock of revelation, I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Father, we have seen prevailing of the enemy against us because we've not fully understood ecclesia. So I am decreeing over us, God, that by the word of the Lord that you gave, we are moving into a greater understanding, not just to articulate ecclesia, but God, we will function as ecclesia. That we will all bring our portion and there will be an acceptance of every part and every portion that everybody will know that their value within the ecclesia is beyond measure. Take us beyond God. Unlock us from the things that restrained us from being who you created us to be. And Lord, unlock into greater revelation your purposes over us individually, corporately, 
as a state, as a nation. Open up revelation for us, God. Let us look into you, into the fullness of who you are and see who you created us to be. Lord, see in your word what you created mankind to be and to do on the earth. Lord, unlock original purpose over families, over individuals, God, over giftings and callings. Unlock original intent over this house that we might move into the fullness of who you called us to be. And Lord, would you unlock an understanding, fresh revelation of the places of alignments and assignments of associations that you have for us. Lord, that we would be properly positioned so that every joint is supplying what is needed and life flows in and life flows out. Lord, that by the proper alignment and everyone doing their portion, as it says in Ephesians 4, it would cause growth of the whole in love. Maturity, expansion, growth, Father, in every arena so that those who look on will see you, see you manifested, see the sons of God manifested in maturity, that know our God and do exploits. Father, would you unlock over all of us greater revelation of our service and the leadership that you have for each one of us? Understanding that service is an act of worship. That how we serve you is an expression of our heart of worship. Lord, that everything that we do, whether in word or deed, is unto you, our great God. Unto you, the King of glory. To bring you praise, honor, glory, and dominion. So, Father... Even in these days, as we prepare to go through the double door, break us into greater revelation that we might go beyond and see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love on each other. We will see you on Tuesday night and have a great week. <laughs>